Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 157, not featuring anyone named Kevin. And I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined by... Is that me? Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm... It's out of order for me. Like, wait, no, I guess it's the same order for everybody, isn't it? I guess I come. In. I'm I'm used to Anna being here, but uh, <laughs> we had our top ten Anna May betrayals. Uh, <laughs> Anna was supposed to be here, but sadly she could not make it. Um, yes, I am uh, Game Cola's second jeditor in chief, uh, Alex the Jetty Jetterzak. I am John Rizzi. I haven't been on the podcast in a while because I've been busy. Yes, I made that run. Okay, now I got it. Rizzy and busy. There it is. Okay. That, uh, Took me a second. <laughs> I was like, please, someone get that with the. <laughs> it took me a moment. Pause. It took me a moment. It took me a moment. Um, so yeah, we're here with another game, Cola podcast, talking about video game news and discussion, or video game related news and discussion. Because I mean, our first thing that we have to talk about. Luckily, John has witnessed the miracle of modern cinema. Sonk Two. Hedgehog. Hey. <laughs> so, yep. John, tell us. John, I, I think it's important to note as you give your opinions that you are like you're not just some oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, no. You know about you know about the movies, <laughs> yeah. the moving pictures. For actual context, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I did go to. I did. Uh, Technically, I started, like, I reviewed movies in high school as a dumb high school casual. <laughs> just me, like, who just liked movies. And then I actually. The went amateur to, scene. Yes. And then I actually went to film school and, and actually learned how movies were made and, like, what actual criticism of movies can be and all that good stuff. And then now I'm just working as an assistant editor in LA. But, uh, yeah. Just, so, just only. Yeah. This me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just only. Yeah, like I'm I'm just only making uh robots in London. No big deal, right? Yeah. Like we'll just if as long as we're downplaying thing <laughs> cool things that we do. Um wow. also important to note uh that this means that John's opinions on the Sonic movie are objectively correct. No. So just, just to, I mean, that's the first thing they teach you in film school, right? That yes, like film is an objective have a, medium. Have an objective yeah, not, medium, not up right? to any count, interpretation at all. <laughs> if, if the movie has sixty frames per second, that's more than thirty frames per second, which is what movies are traditionally fi- traditionally filmed at thirty frames per second. None of this twenty four <laughs> business. What's twenty four? That's not a real number. Um, and sixty frames is more than thirty, so that's a better movie, right? That's how it works. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The Hobbit was released in forty eight frames per second in theaters, and everyone hated it. <laughs> John, forty eight's a made up. That's not a real number. Everybody knows that everything's either thirty, sixty, or unlimited. This is a video game podcast, John. Well, if I Please. really want to break the illusion for you, we actually export everything at 23.98 frames a second. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was going to say 29.96 is the one I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, enough enough banter. Enough talk! <laughs> Have at you. On this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, John, thoughts on the Sonic movie? Give us your thesis statement, your uh, essay. It's fun. <laughs> that's it <laughs> nice no, okay um actual review uh it's pretty it's pretty good i like i like the first one because that was one of the that was actually ironically 
Um, I've seen this on Twitter it's where people's like the pandemic started with the release of Sonic one and then it, <laughs> and, and then it ended with the release of Sonic two. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's one of not a movie theaters are opening back up. It was one of the last uh, movies to uh, be in theaters before yeah. things started closing down. Yeah. Then, it, was like, it was like February, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was like the second February to last movie I saw in theaters before, before the pandemic started. And the the last one was um there was a Pixar movie called Onward that I saw that I saw like <laughs> a like literally like a few days before every before everything was shut down. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this one uh, this one I liked it more than the first one. The first one is just fine. It's like it's it's like it's a Sonic movie. It has the spirit of the characters and and the lore, but it's just like a typical fish out of water like slash superhero story. Animated character sitting in the passenger seat yeah. or in the shotgun seat <laughs> in a, a adjacent a yeah. human driver. It's a typical movie, and as far as video game movies go, it's not the worst. It's it's just a fun, entertaining movie. Movie, yeah. Like, it's like as an adaptation, remarkable, like, yeah, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, like I think the only other movie that's sort of been able to achieve that was the the Prince of Persia movie, which was just kind of like, yeah, decent flick, good job. Yeah, it's at just, least that's what like I remember. Kind of, it's just like kind of forgettable in parts, but at best, it's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one goes all in on the craziness and just tries to straight up be not not an adaptation. Oh, I guess an adaptation just in just just instead of in Sonic's world, it takes place mostly on Earth still. That's I mean, that's not outside of the realm of Sonic adaptations already. Yeah, I mean, there's Sonic X. Which I, this it feels mostly similar to Sonic X, honestly. Honestly, yeah, it's pre- it including much that, including yeah. the part where there's a human unnecessary human character that nobody <laughs> likes. Uh, I uh, okay. I'm, 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 I will I'm, say I'm, this: the human characters in these movies are actually really likable. James James Humanman, Sonic's dad, is much likable char- more likable character than Chris Thorndike. I will oh, give you that. Chris Thorndike was an annoying little. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sad because I'm best friends with Sonic the Hedgehog Mm -hmm. and Rich beyond your wildest (laughs) dreams, and my parents only see me sometimes. Oi, I get to save the world. (laughs) Um, but I I did hear that the 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 human uh supporting cast was a little bit more entertaining in this one. Yeah, they're entertaining. They're nice. They're charming. Uh, and they have some funny lines every now and then. Uh, yeah. Anna specifically wanted us to mention that she liked the wedding scene. Yeah. Oh, oh, we will, we will get to about? that. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay, we will get later. to that. That's like 15 minutes of a two-hour movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, the whole movie's fine. Jim Carrey's performance is over the top and zany as ever as you would like him. Um, my roommate really loves Jim Carrey and like anything he's in, even like some of his worst movies because he's like the best part of those movies but yeah he's entertaining i would say his jokes aren't as funny as they were in the first one because there's a uh there's like a handful of jokes he said he delivers in the first one that maybe like bust a gut laughing and this one they're all like kitty jokes like this one's definitely more kid friendly in terms of tone and line lines and delivery mm-hmm. okay. but, uh but yeah no it's still entertaining he does the floss dance and he Didn't doesn't he do that in the first he... one. Did he? I don't remember. 
Sonic did the floss in the first one. But I'm I was, sorry. but the way he does it doesn't make it cringe, like a cringy reference. Like I'm doing the floss. Look at me. He's, it's he, really, it's just funny. He just, he's, he's saying like a bunch of funny stuff while he's doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, what about uh our animal friends, Sonic, Tails, and uh, Knuckles, Knuckles, Captain Knuckles. Ah, they're fine. Uh, Tails is. I think the only voice actor that's been the same as the same voice actor in the same voice actress that's been voicing him in the games. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's it's an interesting distribution because Tails is like from the games, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, <laughs> Sonic, Sonic is... Sonic is, ben, is comedian Ben, ben Schwartz, who's which, But really like funny. he's... Yeah, and also like he has not voiced Sonic, but he has voiced... Sonic-esque characters in yeah. animated <laughs> children's TV shows. Yeah, it was a like, good for it was, a bit. It's yeah, it, like, it was a good choice then. It's a good choice now. I'm glad they. Kept it wasn't. It wasn't a case of which. What I think, and no discredit to him, but like we know why he was cast like this. It is not the case of popular name recognition. Uh, live action actor being cast for marketing, which. Again, like I, it's hard for me. Even if he does a good job, it's hard for me to see Knuckles' mm-hmm. choice there as anything other than that. At least from the beginning. Uh, I will say a. Uh, uh, I will say this: like, um, it's like no actor is hired in Hollywood if they don't want to do a movie. Oh that, yeah, no, that no, is no. A, that is a myth. And I will say, That's... Idris Elba's performance as Knuckles is probably the funniest performance in the whole movie. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not I'm, I'm I'm just highlighting the like interesting spectrum. It's not usually with movie with animated movies or movies that feature uh, voice acting like this where it's a mix of animated and live action. Like there's like a consistent philosophy of okay, where are we sourcing our talent from? Right? Yeah. Is it are we using voice act people from the voice acting industry or are we using actors famous for live action work mm. that we're going to plaster all over the, you know, Zendaya's Michi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a very specific internet reference. Um, but like, you get what I mean when I say that, mm-hmm. if you've seen the video, right? Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying live action actors cannot. I'm voice just acting. glad Chris Pratt was not cast as Knuckles. <laughs> this, mm. yes, yes, that would well, that would that is the other side. That's the other side of it, where it's like, yes, that's is cast because again, I know it, I would be a terrible pick for pretty much any. No, not even just pretty much any Hollywood production that requires voice acting. I would be. A terrible pick. If someone asked me to do it, I would absolutely do it. <laughs> Even if I knew it was going to make the movie worse. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here. I'm just highlighting the the uh, an extreme example to show, hopefully show where I stand. Anyway, I just think it's interesting that you go from like literally the person who voices them in the game, person who has a voice acting career but is new to Sonic, uh, at least, you know, when in the first since in the first movie to someone who I don't think is very well known for any, I mean, he's probably done voice acting roles that I just haven't heard of before, but he's certainly yeah. not known for any of his voice acting roles. Yeah. No. And I will say for how his character is written in the movie, cause I know knuckles in the games is 
He's more of a straight arrow. He's very serious. And to be honest, I never really thought his his voice or tone of voice really fit that. Personally, that's just my that's just my take on this. Well, unlike Sonic, he does not chuckle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think for the tone they're going for in the movie itself, it's like very dramatic, but it's also overly dramatic to the point where it a lot of opportunities for jokes co- like come in. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen I've seen some clips, and I, I, it definitely it 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 works best where like there's a bit of cheesiness to how over dramatic it can mm-hmm. it gets at certain points. Yeah, and that's but then there there are a couple moments where it's like it's being played like really really straight to the point where it just it's like, it just sounds funny. Yeah, it's 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 awkward and and funny in a way that does not seem to be intended like there's a there's i i've seen a clip um i don't know what where it actually takes place but it's i don't uh, like i have no idea where in the movie it could happen in like the first 15 minutes it could happen at the very end it's kind of like a third act betrayal moment which of course it's a movie it's a movie it has a third act betrayal yeah um um, it's not a spoiler yeah i will say that and that part is like yeah, no, for context, it's like, that, here's the thing, here's the thing about internet, the internet. When you see movie clips just out of context, like, I remember there was a movie called Marriage Story that came out, like, a few years, a few years ago, and everyone was watching this one argument scene out of context, and they were just making fun of, oh, look how over the top this performance is, like, this was nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress, it's like, this is near the end of the movie. It's the climactic scene. Of course, it's going to seem goofy and overdramatic if you if you don't watch like the two hours beforehand where it builds up to it. Mm. Yeah, right, uh, and that, that that might be fair. Yeah, it, it just so, felt like that was a like it was it wasn't just that it was overdramatic. It just felt like the it, there wasn't any space for the overdramaticness to to be funny because yeah, it was supposed to be sad. Yeah, and I totally and I totally understand that too. It's just that throughout yeah, it, the it uh, probably, whole, it absolutely will work better if I if I watch the whole movie. I didn't yeah. realize that it wasn't promotional material when I clicked on it. Ah. It was it was very well disguised. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was like oh here here's a a short scene from the movie because like people will do that like to go off topic from video games for a bit like. Uh, was it Bad Guys, the new DreamWorks movie? Mm-hmm. Like they literally just said, like, here's six minutes of the movie. Yeah, they do and that. It's like they do that when they're afraid the movie's not going to do well. So it's like here's six minutes of the actual movie. Interested now? Mm-hmm. Which I hate yeah. for any movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. But that's not that's not my decision, mate. That's just but a so that that's thing. just to. I wasn't looking. I wasn't trying to pirate Sonic the Hedgehog to the movie. I just uh-huh. I thought it was a. I thought it was a promotional clip. <laughs> Yeah, now Twitter's um, weird, but yeah, I will say throughout the whole movie, he does he does play it straight and uh, for most of the movie, and the uh, and that allows for a lot of comedic beats. Where I it does it does seem like um like to general audience to be like, was that intentional? Was that comedic beat intentional? And it's like, yes, it it is intentional <laughs> the whole the whole time because they'll make they're gonna try and make you laugh throughout every little thing because it's like either you're gonna find it funny or you're not. And if you find it funny, hey, that just means more positivity for the movie, more positive word of mouth. A so lot, a lot of little things that there's that you uh, people think about when you're editing a movie or looking at a performance. So the wedding scene. <laughs> yes. So to get really technical, there is a wedding subplot in the movie where 
uh, where like James Marsden's character is just like that's where he is throughout the whole movie. While Sonic's fighting Eggman and whatnot, because, but he doesn't want to him to worry about it and everything. So it's that whole, that whole cliche kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, <laughs> and like so when when it inevitably gets to the wedding and Sonic like ruins it, um, it deviates to the bride and groom because apparently for like fifteen minutes, as Sonic and Tails get captured for wreck- for wrecking the wedding. And it's like, <laughs> and the bride goes on like a revenge quest because she blames the uh, groom for everything that happened. And it goes on for 15 minutes of screen time. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and it, it's like, and it's like, it would be better for me if it, if it cut back to like Sonic Tales or even James Marston just like trying to escape because they, they, they eventually do escape. But it's like, for when you don't cut back for 15 minutes, it just felt like, am I watching the same movie? It was hilarious, though. The whole sequence was hilarious. Every joke landed for me. It was just very weird. I was like, where are we in this movie right now? So, okay, final final question, I think, to and then, and then closing thoughts, if you want. Uh, do you think there is going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog the movie 3? Do I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, no question so this about is, it. <laughs> well, this is... I wouldn't have any question, except... Did, wasn't there recently a news article that where Jim Carrey said Sonic Two was like the last movie he was going to be doing for a while? Uh, or maybe that was maybe that was fake. You know, it's the internet. Maybe that was fake. I, it was probably like an interview thing taken out of context. That crap happens all the time. And plus, it's oh, yeah. Hollywood. Okay. Contracts go around, money floats around, persuasion goes around. It's like, hey, can you just do this one real quick? We already have it written. He's like, yeah, sure, why not? Why not? And then, I guess how many how many Sonic movies? will they make i mean like sonic movie three at le- at and like i literally yeah. i literally i know okay i'm gonna say something to give you plausible deniability because okay. i don't actually know but sonic movie three it has to be about shadow the hedgehog i don't know if there is an end credits if and if if there is going to be about shadow the hedgehog there might be an end credit scene in sonic movie two i literally don't know so this is not a spoiler so anything that john now says related to whether or not there is an end credit scene featuring Shadow the Hedgehog doesn't mean anything, because I literally don't know. This is not a misdirection. I literally do not know if Shadow the Hedgehog is mentioned, okay? But now we can talk about a, a supposed Sonic movie 3 with Shadow the Hedgehog, and John has plausible deniability <laughs> either way. I mean, it's not a... a Alright, so spoiler. I, I'll just freaking spoil it. Too. So spoiler alert... Uh, for Sonic Movie Two, the post-credit scene is Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> Basically, John, what did I do all that for? What did I, I do all of that for? You did for? it. I couldn't interrupt I you. you. You did it. I was helping you, so you didn't have to do this. It's a movie. It's been out for like two weeks. Who cares about spoilers at this point? But I hate that about did. movie cult- culture recently. Like, oh, don't but spoil it. But don't you want people to, like, not know that Shadow the Hedgehog is going to be there, even though that's the only thing that you would put in the end of Sonic 2, the movie, and an end credit scene to tease the third movie is Shadow the Hedgehog? Like, it's literally, there's no end credit scene, or there's Shadow the Hedgehog. So my defense, the movie's been out for three weeks. If if they really, really cared about spoilers, they would have either seen it online by now, or seen the movie itself. (laughs) I, I I mean yeah it's also going to be you know another week until the podcast actually goes out yeah <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so exactly yeah 
but so okay, so Shia the Hedgehog is number three, and I like, I mean, that's that's good, right? Like the mm-hmm. that's there's there is a dynamic there, um, but I don't like, I don't know where you go after Shadow the Hedgehog. I don't think you can really go chaos. to four. Make the cat, but the chaos is. I mean, <laughs> they're kind of. I mean, like if you're going chronologically, you're skipping chaos because chaos comes before Shadow the oh, Hedgehog. Oh no! Well, if you were doing it chronologically, this this movie would have just had tails and not knuckles. Sure, sure. No, I know, but that's what I'm like. Yeah. You can also go chronologically, and also like skipping some, right? It's- like. It's what, you can go one, three, seven, and it's mm-hmm. chronological as long as you don't go backward ever. Yeah, no, it's the way the way they the way they look at it is I'm sh- I'm sure um like a producer like who was looking at the Sonic the Hedgehog IP was like hey it's like hey this character is really popular can we have Shadow the Hedgehog be the villain in Sonic the Hedgehog one and then some writer would have been like uh no. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it. For, you have to have an audience digest this. So one has to be just Sonic and Eggman, and then we can just introduce more characters in two, and then it will be really effective if we have Shadow in three. It's like that's, and it's like okay, who else are they gonna bring in three? Yeah, it's is like they, who, is it just probably probably Shadow? Uh, definitely Shadow. I don't know why is it probably <laughs> probably, probably. Um, probably I'm not Shadow I'm my own original character probably Blado. <laughs> probably Amy for three um, I I can't think of anyone else I yeah maybe Amy's, a, maybe Amy's like cream and chow I don't and a chow I don't know <laughs> Rouge the bat Rouge the bat I would be perfectly fine if we never see Rouge the Bat in live action. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, it depends on where they're going to go. Like, I don't know. The vibe of the Sonic movies, like, when I look at them, and I don't know why. I, I could not give you any, like, good argument as to why. I, For me, it's I, not it a matter of way. where they're going to go. It's just that what characters are they going to use? Because yeah, plot-wise, it, plot it's like... I'll be honest, the Sonic games aren't really known for having a deep plot other other than like some other some than just what's ones. in the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The Sonic movie four is just Sonic 06, but a theatrical version. <laughs> that would I mean like if so they if you took a if you took a if you took a solid stab at the Sonic 06 and like tried to make it a movie, I don't know. You could make I don't yeah, it's I don't know. It's such an interesting thing to think about like what they would where they would try to go what they would try to do with that like i've passed shadow just because there's no clear like it's so obvious one two and three if you know you're going to make one two and three it's obvious which characters to to center around in one two Mm -hmm. and three but there's not really a clear path after three um so like yeah it's yeah, interesting. So they could just they they can just do what they want. It's like they they'll probably if like what are some of the more other memorable villains from the uh, series besides like chaos? Uh, Metal Sonic. Metal Sonic, I think, could work. And Metal Metal Sonic is it's basically just another evil version of Sonic, which is what Shadow is going to be. I know, but like you can de- you can like Shadow think, is. It's not re- going to be. I don't think it's going to be interesting enough to like. It'll be interesting to Sonic fans for sure, but I don't think it'll be like interesting enough to a wide general audience. I, I can see that, especially um, if we had Shadow already. I can see where you're coming from, but like I think introducing, like, because you you are kind of going unchronologically because. 
but chronologically the, chronologi- chronology doesn't matter in i know the, i know but <laughs> like what i'm saying is like if you think about the spectrum start if you start at knuckles where you're having like antagonists that are not just e- right eggman is just evil mm. right and then but then you start with okay knuckles is and this this is just generally Knuckles, not specifically Knuckles in the movie. Knuckles is a good guy who just does not understand things. He's very yeah. easy to trick. <laughs> um, so like, but he's he's like a good guy. So like, getting yeah. him to the get a lot, getting aligned with him is just a matter of communication. Um, Shadow is like, you can't just tell him. He, Shadow's not being tricked. He's he's just got a certain way of being that you can end up a lot aligning with if you sort of figure out how your interests align with him i, think I like how like you said i like <laughs> like how you said he has a certain way of being and then i just like f- had a vision of the shadow the hedgehog game opening scene where he's cocking a machine gun <laughs> shadow has a way that he is he has a way that he is um but like like but like there's there's banter in there and like the, i feel like something that you can do interesting with Metal Sonic is that there's there's no counterplay. He Metal Sonic is a robot. There's no there's no talking with him. He is just a force of nature that you have to deal with. I would not be surprised if if they want to do Metal Sonic, I would not be surprised if they gave him like a very minor like cameo role in 3, like like oh, Eggman's back. And he built a robot Sonic just to get back at Sonic, to be ironic. And then that's how Shadow gets introduced. It's like Sonic's yeah. about the fight, Metal Sonic, and then Shadow comes in and just wrecks Metal Sonic. And anyway, he's never seen we, in the movie again. We have talked about this for quite some time. Jetty's fallen asleep. Jetty, what do you think about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and his movies? Um, the only thing I've heard about it is that uh, people were complaining about uh, why are they making a Sonic movie for like non-Sonic fans? <laughs> like it's explicitly like ignoring the canon and just kind of going after like the normal movie watchers. So it's like, what was the point? You could have just made this anything. It didn't have to be Sonic if you weren't going to do anything other than have a blue hedgehog in it. That's definitely true of the first one. There's, there's, yeah. there's nothing that, aside from the speed. Like you, you could, you could replace Sonic with like the Roadrunner. It wouldn't change very much. Yeah, and this, yeah, this movie in terms of tone, it definitely feels like, like a, a classic like Sonic thing. And ter- you have the spirit of every one of the characters is there. Um, it even has like. Um, a bunch of set set pieces that are basically levels from the games. Like the snowboarding level is like when he's when he's like in the out Al- in the Alps in this movie is very fun. Uh, even has I'll I'll say this a better version of and more interesting version of the Labyrinth Zone from the first game because there's like actually traps and he is going fast and like it, it looks very interesting and it's very well put together. <laughs> Yeah, and, I think yeah, it's just a bunch of stuff like that. A lot of nods, a lot of nods that just feel very Sonic. It's and the ending is super satisfying. It's for Sonic fans. It too. is. It's also like um, it, it, Sonic in modern times has latched on to this sort of like 
level like i'm you know like i'm oh i'm on like seven layers of irony so you can't even tell what i mean (laughs) kind of you know what i mean like that kind of humor like sonic is like ironically self-referentially uh deprecative and that's been sort of sonic's new brand and i think that's where like some people just really don't jive with the sort of modern sonic because it kind of makes like Sonic, like, if you think about the Sonic Adventure era, like, there's a lot of stuff that we make fun of in the Sonic Adventure era, era, right? Like, lines that are, like, I mean, Shadow the Hedgehog in particular, the game was, like, you know, Al the Edge, right? Like, <laughs> and, uh, I'm not, you're the fake hedgehog faker, and, and, like, all that, right? And, like, now, we see that, and it's like, oh, look at this funny thing trying to be serious. But if you were, like, actually invested if you were you know the target demographic and actually sort of invested in this sort of in the theatrics that were you know there were at the time that was what was engaging content was this like you know out of the edge you know very <laughs> serious despite like ignoring the silliness of the premise and trying to be serious regardless was i feel like is very like early 2000s yeah right like it's a time with like i don't know i i think of like homestuck i've never (laughs) read homestuck so this is a a generalization i've heard a lot about it but like you know like it's a goofy thing that's very serious and i don't know if it feels like that kind of culture is still there and then you have 90s where it's like sonic is just cool and it's it's not a joke he's just a cool dude (laughs) <laughs> right but now that it's yeah. like sonic is cool because he makes bad jokes but he's a like he or at least the people making it are aware that it's cheesy and that sort of self-referential is what is sort of the the pillar of modern sonic like brand image and i think I will say... there are people who don't like that because they were when they were kids or now they're they were severe sincerely invested in the stuff that now we kind of make fun of. I will say um, that's kind of why I found the ending of this movie to be like extraordinarily satisfying for a long time Sonic fans because uh, there's a, there's a great moment where the jokes stop and Sonic's just like had enough and just start, and just fights like he and Knuckles and Tails just cut cut the crap and they just start fighting and they're they're just start fighting and they start being cool like they're old like 90 self 90s selves like it's like oh this is why i love this team dynamic in the first place this is why this game works so well for me or this character moment in adventure 2 worked for me and whatnot it just harkens back to like i would i would say like multiple iterations of sonic from the uh from like how general audiences and the fan bases perceived him for the bet for the better I will say. Okay, I think we have to wrap up this topic now. We've been talking for a very long time. (laughs) What time was it? Oh boy, it's been like half an hour. (laughs) All in all, movie's good. Three and a half out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, it's now time for the the viewership suggestion corner. Uh, We had some... I made a post on the YouTube community page for gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net on asking if people had some things that they wanted us to bring up on the podcast. Um, one is from, I believe, Kiss 
uh, best fan would be the the proper way to say their name. Um, <laughs> frequent commenter on the Danganronpa series, among some others. Uh, yep. uh, and they suggested we talk about the Open Lara project, which John, I think you know a little bit about this too. Yeah. I, I only <laughs> looked it up to today after after seeing that, but it's basically um, like I think rebuilding Lara Croft games one through five, but like from the source code in a way that yeah. allows you to play it to for it to be adapted and ported to a bunch of different systems. Yeah. Uh so base it's it's not a port of the games, it's a port of the classic Tomb Raider engine that they made the PS1 games in. Mm. So yeah, so it's very so basically what it is, it's a port of the engine that's just running the game script because it has all the assets already put built into it. I see. So so like that um that engine always surprised me because of how manageable it is. I believe that's the right term for it because you can pretty much put it on anything. Like I've seen people like play it on Apple Watches. I've seen people try to play ports of it on like a calculator once yeah the one i um, saw was um the on game boy advance yeah yeah oh yeah that was a while ago too Ooh, yeah it's I also do, an I old project that. like since the mid-2000s yeah, i think yeah it is an old project and it includes a browser version too yeah that was i was about to thing. say that the, the browser you can play like the first two levels of tomb raider one in like 1080p 60 frames per second just on your an internet browser and then you can just download the engine from there just do whatever you want with it this i think this sort of happened because the pc version of tomb raider 5 when that came out it came with uh the tomb raider level editor which has which is now just open source and literally anyone can make their own to, uh ps1 style tomb raider levels <laughs> and i've seen i've seen a bunch of great fan projects from and then there's like a haunted house level that looked really cool. Like people just import their own character models and just images for items and whatnot. Uh, and even just improve en- the engine itself. Like in this one that we saw was basically the water physics looked incredible. <laughs> and like for Tomb Raider 1. And there's like a bunch of improved shadows that actually makes everything look like an actual model and texture as opposed to... I, I uh, as opposed to just like images or pixelated images. Uh, I love Tomb Raider one. It's I played it like for the first time like a few like when the pandemic started and it like shot up to like one of my favorite games I've ever played. Uh, so I just end up learning a whole lot about it. I mean, it also just feels like video game hacking is just in like a renaissance right now. Like I, th- it's like we've kind mm. of like just like it. it there have been hacks of 3d games for a long time don't get me wrong but like it feels like we've sort of cracked we collectively as a as the community and i'm I'm saying we very loosely just because i'm aware of it um but like have there's it's very accessible there's a lot of tools that it's not just possible but it's it's easy without knowing a whole lot as long as you sort of understand the principles that it's based on or you just follow the instructions really well, you can get a lot done on things mm-hmm. that were like modern at one. Like, I mean, Nintendo 64 pretty much completely cracked if, if you, I mean, like two of the biggest games, Mario 64 and uh, Ocarina of Time are just like completely 
open source now. Like, yeah. And so you can just do whatever. Them straight. You can just download do... them straight online. But even just... like I've I've dabbled. Either just play them as is, mm-hmm. or just do go into the engine and do whatever you want with it. Right, and then like, but even like like I I dabbled in some Pokemon hacking just for fun, and like there's just tools that like just let you do what like if you want to replace the thing, you could just go in and like it'll it's like here's a list of all the trainers in the game you can here's where you can do a drop down menu and replace what pokemon they have by hand and it's like yeah. okay cool and hand, straight up replace like whatever text they say yeah you can <laughs> you do wanna, that you want to make pokemon an m-rated game where everyone's <laughs> just like mean mean as no the, i did i did right do ahead. i will say <laughs> i didn't just use the tools i did jump in and do some scripting um to uh change the uh what is it the um the starters because that was trickier you have to like actually dive into the scripting but like it's stuff that like decompiles scripts for certain areas because it can like recognize the 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 parts of the code that go with like functions and so like you can you can Mm -hmm. change those functions and so it's just like with those with tools like that then it's just a matter of you know, you don't have to have the technical know-how to, you know, read binary code. You just yeah. have to, you have to kind of know what you're messing around with enough that you don't break anything. And you just have to have a good idea and time. Yeah. Yeah, right? I used, uh, the first game I ever modded um, was Star Wars Knights of the Republic back in like, two, I, I played it, I modded, I played that game like maybe three times and then I just started seeing, oh, a bunch of YouTube videos like, oh, what's all this? Why, how'd they get that uh, character to look like that? What what happened there? Why is this game so much more clear than when I played it on my on my screen? So I went I went in and just like started like, oh, and this is how I learned like what textures were, what mo- what character models were, what skins meant. Like I'm learning like so much like technical video game lingo. And also though. Jetty has been just like making NES games, you yep. know, just for fun, I guess. Oh yeah, yep. Keeping it a secret from all of us. <laughs> what are the d- diabolical machinations in Jetty's mind with all the power of the NES at his disposal? Yeah, actually, I um I recently joined uh the NES Dev uh Discord and um it it's kind of popping. Like, uh, it's really busy. <laughs> there's a lot of people and like, it's interesting cause, um, there's simultaneously like people who are asking questions that like, I managed to figure out myself, you know, that like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I remember when I had trouble with that and I managed to get through it. So like, I can, you know, give some kind of advice on, uh, you know, what they're trying to do. Uh, and then there's also people who are like, uh, you know, trying to put Wi-Fi like actually making you know the the chips to put on the cartridges to like connect to other existing chips and make like wi-fi work or whatever um Ooh. that they're like getting to that level you know <laughs> and um seeing people who uh it, it's funny to like see you know like a game developer uh who i follow on itch.io and then i follow them on uh twitter and then they're just hanging out chatting in uh the nes dev <laughs> discord yeah. it's like oh yeah they're they're a regular person who also just you know has fun or whatever um so i mean i know you've shown me uh a game where a purple number increases yeah and um then i also uh 
I converted my level editor for um, Star Runner um, to output levels that can be read into uh, an actual NES game. So that was fun. Um, but uh, I kind of took a little bit of a break from it. Um, I haven't really been doing much on the computer lately. Uh, work's been really busy, and uh, I've been reading. Um, I, I read The Andromeda Strain. Um, I read Dune, uh, which, interestingly... That, there was a video game about that. There was multiple. And so it's multiple. funny is that, like, as I'm reading uh, Dune, the book, um, and... Uh, out of nowhere, one of the uh, game developers who I follow on Twitter starts talking about Dune 2, the game from 1992. And, like, it is funny to kind of compare what actually happens in the book to, you know, what happens in the 1984 movie. Uh, I haven't seen the new movie, but also comparing it to uh, the Dune... 1992 video game and the dune 2 1992 video game and uh <laughs> you know seeing the parts where they are similar and very different um yes i've been thinking about uh going back and playing dune 2 uh for the game cola youtube channel gc.net i would um, love to join you on that actually i've been trying to uh since i saw the new movie i've been trying to like find like if I can get like a physical copy of any of the old games, or like yeah. if I can just buy them anywhere without emulating, <laughs> without emulating, and it's a pain in the butt because they're all I think Dune one and two at the very least are were only released on floppy disks, which I don't have a floppy disk reader or computer for for that. Yeah, no, I uh, I have a copy of it. Um, I've talked about this before, right? Did I did I do a stream of that on my computer? Of of Dune Two Tune, um, on your Windows ninety five stream. Yeah, I don't think it was on your Windows ninety five. Well, you might have shown that you had it. Right, I think I talked about it, but okay, but I did show my uh, uh, what was your it? collection, Cap yes. Captain Masters. That's what it was. Um, yeah. CD yeah. <laughs> of completely legitimately uh, purchased games. Um, so yes, Dune and Dune 2 are on there, which um it is also fun uh the story behind those that basically uh it was given to two separate companies and there was like uh a licensing argument that like one company thought that the other company had been revoked and that that project was canceled and then they were told mm -hmm. that actually the first game uh was canceled or whatever and they just continued making it anyway so then both of them got released the same year but the first one to come out got labeled dune and the one that came out second got labeled dune 2 even though they're completely not related in any way oh no <laughs> like one's an adventure game and the other oh, is a real-time strategy it? game Okay, I was wondering which. Uh, all right, I knew it was the real time strategy. I didn't know. I didn't know Dune One was an adventure game. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, Dune Dune One. Um, I did a review for it on GameCola.net, um, our actual internet website, and um, I do remember like French people coming and being like, "Oh, you do not understand." And it's like, no. I mean, like, it's a good game, right? Like, but it's the. If the only reason you like it is because you are French and it is a French game. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it is much closer. 
it's interesting because it is much closer to the book. Like it follows the book storyline, kind of. But it's interesting to read the book and see, like, oh wow, they uh, they were limited by how much they could really put into a game, right? Like you have to think in terms of like mm-hmm. in a book, they can just go anywhere. They can have this happen at any location. They can have anything happen at any time. Meanwhile, in the game, they're like, we're going to just reuse the same place, you know, every time. Uh, everything <laughs> happens here. Um, <laughs> so you like this lobby? Get used to it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, I, I I would be interested in replaying some of those because um, they're also both of them good games. Um, yeah, I would. Lo- I'm very interested in playing those. Man. Have you, have either of you read the book Dune? I don't imagine. I read the book Dune when I was very young. Right. A long time ago. Sorry, here, let me let me pull up the quote cuz there's this um there's this quote in the book um the part where Paul um he drinks this stuff and he becomes the Quizats Hatteratch or whatever um and then like he touches Jessica. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> um, and then he he touches his mom and they like mind meld or whatever. And there's this part where they say, here we go. Hold on. Um, Paul's consciousness flowed through and around her and into the darkness. She glimpsed the place dimly before her mind blanked itself away from the terror. Without knowing why, her whole body trembled at what she had seen, a region where a wind blew and sparks glared, where rings of light expanded and contracted, where rows of tumescent white shapes flowed over and under and around the lights, driven by darkness and a wind out of nowhere. I'm just trying to figure out what the tumescent white shapes are, because it is literally never mentioned again in the book. Oh, I have no idea. And and so, okay, the thing is... Jay, I was like 13 yeah, when I read this book. Yeah, no, and like... I'm I'm reading it and like I know that this is some kind of commentary because like there's this whole thing about um men cannot become the Bene Gesserit because there's like there's the stuff that the women can do because they are givers and there's stuff that only men can do because they are takers and there's this clash where like Paul does do the Bene Gesserit thing but he does it from the uh the male essence of taking and so there's this like weird fight when they do the mind meld thing uh and she's like terrified of what's happening where like they had the mind meld before with two Bene Gesserit and they just like had a good chill time hanging out and like uh feeling <laughs> in the mind zone yeah like they they were like they traded thoughts and memories and they had this whole connection with like the eternity of like the Bene Gesserit like uh all of the reverend mothers have like this mental connection where like they pass on Jetty, you're so you're so far out of what i remember about this book yeah okay well i remember i remember then like the third or fourth in the there's uh, look i'm gonna tell you what i remember yeah. about okay. i read like three books three or four of these really books. yeah i'm gonna tell you what i remember about dune okay um desert planet with big worms yep uh spice is money and also food and also drugs yep the Gom Jabbar. Yeah, you stick yeah. your hand in it and uh you uh it's yeah, like I, I the Nicholas Cage uh <laughs> in Mount Rushmore scene, but real. <laughs> um Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> that's too obscure. That's too. That's the meeting of two very obscure yeah. references. Um, there's it, the, so that's that's the first. Oh, there's a there's a part where like a guy's death is described from first person <laughs> in a way that's like not doesn't align with the tone of like the rest of the book at all. <laughs> it's it was very weird and it stuck with me forever. Um, there's a point where I think Paul becomes like God King at some point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he has this guy that he keeps cloning. This is in a later book. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Sure. Um, there's a guy that he keeps cloning coming back. Um, and then later there's the chill. This might be, if there's a book called Children of Dune. Yeah, there is. is. That's the, okay. I'm pretty sure it's this. Uh, there's like a brother and sister, and at one point they do like a weird mind melt thing where they like get possessed by the spirit or memory patterns of their parents and have a conversation about what to do. Yeah. Um, and that there's a conversation that happens and it happens in a cave on the sand planet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so I think that's about it. That's about all I remember. Yeah, no, there's um, there's a part where oh, he get, does he go? Isn't there a part where someone goes into the desert and they like the narrator like goes out and explains like, hey, if you don't have a point of reference in a desert, you're gonna walk around in circles. <laughs> Is that Dune? It, it I seems mean, like something that would happen in Dune, probably. Dune but books. um, yeah, I don't know if it would be in one of the later ones. That one didn't happen in the first book. Um, okay, I've exhausted. I've exhausted my memory, but like that, my recollection of what happens in the Dune series. That is also something that happens in the uh, Dune game specifically. Is that like you're uh, you're required as part of the game uh, to go wander around in the desert and like you absorb like the spice energy somehow or something like that? It's like not really based on the book, as far as I can tell. Is Jetty? Yes. You're reading the book right now, right? Or did you recently finish it? I just finished it. Is is Dune a good book? <laughs> um. Okay. This is this is the podcast now. Yeah. I, I was I going to cut this first out. First part but... of the podcast was Sonic. Second, we've got Hedgehog and Sand, the two yeah. video game topics. Um, I can't remember. Like, I again, I read this book when I was like thirteen. Whereas, like, I, I, I when I read Dune. I did not have it, like, within my capacity. I might have been younger than 13, honestly. Um, I did not have it within my capacity to have the thought that a book that a lot of people had read and knew about, and it was really old, and and not really old, but, like, I, I, sorry, yeah. I say that because the I read my dad's copy from, like, the 80s, yeah. which was, like, tattered and torn. Yeah. Well, um, not really because it was old, but probably just because it was like not well taken care of. That's why I said that. But like, uh, it, I do, I would not have had the thought this might not actually be a good book. It might just be <laughs> a popular book. Yeah. Um. So hold on. There's a few things. Um. Give me one second. <laughs> because um, it is actually. Um. Well, no. Um. It, it is a fairly old book. Like to think of. Okay. Uh, it came out in uh, August of 1965, which, think about this, okay. you could go and, uh, yeah, okay, you could go and you could go downtown uh, driving, what, your your uh, your brand new Mustang, right? The first Mustang came out uh, 1964 and a half. Uh, you could go to the record <laughs> shop, 
buy uh, the Beatles album Help that had just come out, and then go to the bookstore and buy Dune. And, like, thinking about the things that Dune does and says and what it's about and, like, uh, the kinds of things where they're like, oh, yeah, we had computers and robots, um, but then they became sentient and rebelled, and so we killed them all and then bred human super brains and, like, uh, just have, like, basically human computers now uh, as, as, like, a way of explaining why Dune doesn't have, like, super technology and whatever. Um, also, uh, reading this as an adult, it's very obvious that, like, oh, yeah, uh, there's this weird desert location where there's, like, uh, Anglo sort of people against, like, uh, you know, Russian sort of, like, seeming people, uh, where they're fighting over this thing that powers, uh, transportation. I, I I have no idea what this could possibly be referencing in the real world. Um, what kind of conflict uh, involves Russians and Westerners um, in the desert uh, over some sort of thing that lets people pilot vehicles? Um, and then also there's a lot... <laughs> That absolutely would not have crossed my mind. Yeah, at the age of thirteen, bit when I was yeah. the age I was reading this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, I, I, the only thought I would have is like, why is it called the Gom Jabbar? Well, okay, and I'm sorry, <laughs> I hate this stupid. Like, it took me a while to get over the first chapter because it's just like Paul going, "What's a Gom Jabbar?" Like repeatedly, and it's like, and like him going. Dune, Arrakis, Desert Planet. Like, he, he keeps repeating all these stupid things. It's like, oh, please. But, like, the first few chapters I kind of hated. Then I was getting into the flow of it. And then, like, around a third of the way into the book, there's this, like, dramatic shift where things, like, very suddenly kick in. And uh, Paul kicks a dude. Like, okay, Paul gets pushed out of a plane and he spins around and kicks a dude directly in the left ventricle, killing him instantly. <laughs> and, Yo, and like, what? <laughs> yeah exactly why has this never been shown in any of the uh dune visual media <laughs> uh actually i'm not, not because sure it's it so is. unbelievable they'll be like what the heck just happened <laughs> yeah um he used, yeah it's a book you could kind of just say anything yeah he he uses his benegesserate training to like directly move his foot um what was it under the sternum over the liver <laughs> directly to the left ventricle <laughs> <laughs> um what else happens yeah and then like there's another like boring part where they just kind of like walk around and talk a whole lot and then very suddenly uh there's like all of the drug trip stuff where uh there there's multiple different instances of him like having these uh trip experiences where he's like oh yeah i can like see time and it's like a uh what was it it's like a, a rag floating on the breeze or something. And he can see all of the like shapes, but like as it uh, tumbles on the breeze, he like loses sight of different stuff. I don't know. There's some interesting things that it talks about. And yeah, there's this part where uh, I, I think his sperm is jumping through hula hoops. Like, I'm not sure what this is trying to say. <laughs> Again, where rows of tumescent white shapes float over and under and around the rings of light. Um, <clears throat> I have no clue what. Did the... you like highlight? Sorry, part, I, I opened sections of the. I I I, op I searched for the 
the thing on the internet <laughs> and then I found it and I opened it earlier uh, while we were talking about it. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. like, yeah, I, I have the... It's like Jetty's really remembering these exact passages <laughs> from the book of Yeah, actually, um, the part where he kicks the, the guy over the, uh, under the sternum over the liver and directly into the left ventricle, that part I have memorized, but this... um. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that has to, Jetty. It's going to be long enough that people will forget. You have to put that line somewhere in, in the next uh, hacks and slash where we all write it together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it makes me want to replay the games at least. Um, what was I going to mm-hmm. say? Oh yeah, the and that's what this was, whole conversation was about. The the. Yeah, that's definitely why. Talking about the Doom games. <laughs> yeah. um, Jetty, you do realize that this is this whole conversation no is inexorably one. linked together with the content of this podcast, and I cannot cut it out. Yeah, sadly, it's like at first, guy. I was just, <laughs> I was just going to talk about it while John fixed his <laughs> microphone, <laughs> and then uh, it turned into a thing that we actually talked about. Okay, well, that's enough talking about the the video game Dune and yes. Dune Two Tune. Yes. Um, great games. Ten out of ten. Let's jump back to the viewer about, suggestion corner. What about Dune two thousand? Where we have from uh, Patrick Humphrey asked oh. us to talk about the Google Snake game, and I was like, "What's that?" And it's like if you just search Google Snake, you can just play Snake, like not just in your browser, but literally like on. Google, like okay, so. If I go to DuckDuckGo and I search under for it. Google Snake, I, yeah, I remember they did this same thing with uh, Pac-Man for like for one of its yeah, anniversaries. You, there's like a drop-down menu that if you if you drop it down, you can like play Pac-Man or spin a dreidel. Uh, yeah, and which you, is like you can also just straight up play Breakout with Google Images. Google Snake. If you've ever done, I remember I used to do that in high school with everyone. Everyone's like, there's, "What the he- what the heck is that?" There's also like a Google Maps Snake game, what? which is just Snake, but you use with roads? like a no, uh, it's just regular Snake, but you use uh, vehicles uh, iconic to certain locations around the globe. The background has pixel art representing that location. And the controls are really clunky. <laughs> the the one that you get when you just search Google Snake is like very smooth. It's like it's it's I'm sure it's not actually a flash, but it like has the vibe of a flash game, basically. Um very tweeny, uh if that means anything <laughs> to you listening audience. Um it was fun. I played it. I'm playing it um, right now, it's very fun. As we speak. Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. But yeah, I thought it was just interesting that you can just play Snake. You can just Google Snake. That Google has a couple things like that. I know that they have something like you can roll dice, um, with it. Like you can roll like you can like type one one d four, and I think it'll just roll a d four or something. Um. Oh. But yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, if you click on Snake, if you there's a drop down menu. It said other games and toys to play on Google, and Pac Man and Solitaire and Tic Tac Toe was right there. <laughs> Um, John. Yes. Um, sorry, I had a thought where it's like, <laughs> John, I was going to be like Jonathan, because that's like a thing that I do. I know that your name is not Jonathan. 
But, <laughs> you know, sometimes I will say things where it's like, I'm going to take a name that someone goes by. I'm going to elongate it. The opposite of a nickname, a knack name. Um, it's not what it's called. But then I was like, okay, well, no, I can't do that because John doesn't like it when I call him Jonathan. Um, <laughs> and I respect that. But then I was like, well, wait, what if John had a brother named Nathan? And that's why he's not Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> because he was split into John and Nathan. And to bring back Jonathan, we have to get Nathan and combine their powers to become John Nathan. Oh, I no. tell, anyway. I just Nathan tell my Rizzi. roommate about that. He might put it in a script or something. <laughs> Nathan Rizzi is the new Martin Joseph. Nathan Rizzi. <laughs> um, Kill him. <laughs> so, John, not Nathan. Um... You uh, recently had some anxieties about digital gaming media that you wanted to relate uh, on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure as people are well aware, the Nintendo uh, 3DS and Wii U eShop will be closing as of March of next year. But the uh, you officially can't make uh, purchases straight through there starting next month. Instead, you can just like add funds to your Switch account, and then those funds will be carried over to your uh, 3DS and Wii U account if you have a linked Nintendo account. You know, I said account enough on the sentence, but still. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just been recently panic buying a bunch of stuff on 3DS and Wii U. I've been considering, or like, or are too expensive to get physically. That <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like um, I think Xenoblade Chronicles X is going for like. $80 now for just the disc that's like without the case and whatever inserts come with it mm. so um but the one I really wanted to get um was Zelda Twilight Princess HD because physically that goes for about 90 bucks and it ke- just keeps going up right now yeah and on the on the Wii U eShop it's just like 50 bucks I'm like yeah I'll, I'll just get the digital version thank you <laughs> Oh uh, man, speaking of games that got expensive, finding out that uh my heirloom copy of uh Earthbound <laughs> gonna have to start keeping it in a safe. <laughs> yeah. No, there yeah, uh it's like two thousand because I have the box in the manual. Yeah, and like at, at first I thought that it was like, oh, it's between a thousand and two thousand. It's like, no, apparently it's like two thousand and up. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, no, it is, it is, it is jumped recently, which is wild because, but yeah, like a, um, an unopened copy is going for like eight grand. It's wild to me though, because like Earthbound has never been more accessible, like without piracy. Yeah. Even. And I like, like to me, you can get, you could get it on Wii U and 3DS for a really long time. And then you, it's now it's available on the eShop or not the the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, and like to me, you know, the expensive games have always been like, uh, you know, Chrono Trigger, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and it's weird watching the prices and like, yeah, Chrono Trigger's growing up. I mean, I remember when it was like, uh, you know, a hundred bucks, and then I remember when it was like two hundred bucks, and it's at like, you know seven or eight hundred now but that um in the last like two years 
uh, Earthbound has just like rapidly just skyrocketed. And I'm going to assume um, it's because of like Deltarune that like because, you know, the mm. the uh, what was the the article that uh, the hard drive posted that was like uh, Earthbound's biggest fan excited to play it for the first time. <laughs> Um, and like you know in a way it's kind of true though is that like so many people are introduced to earthbound because of other media that references it and so there's an increased interest as opposed to people who want to play chrono trigger because they played it in the 90s you know um that there's a difference yeah chrono trigger is like it's not even it's not really referenced so much as it's just sort of like kept up in lists of good games yeah. from that time period. Yeah. And so like if you want But it, oh, it hasn't had a, like a lasting no one's really circled back around to it. Yeah, and, other than like and done anything. Yeah, not in such a direct way as like everything directly references Earthbound. Um so like you can have games because well, hmm? Well, because like with Earthbound, it it feels like a lot of the the thing that made Earthbound such a cult classic were like stylistic yeah. choices. Yeah. Whereas Chrono Trigger's stylistic choices, I mean, aside from having like yeah, Akira Toriyama, the, like yeah, like, and not even that. Like he did, you know, he was he also did stuff for a bunch of RPGs. So like that's yeah. not even unique for the time. And like you can and go and buy premise, Dragon Quest now, and it's still. Uh, you know, artistic direction from him, so. Yeah, and, and like, you know, time travel, I like, incorporating time travel, kind of, but, like, I don't know, even just, like, thematically, time travel, it, it's just, like, five isekai stories. Yeah. And that's just yeah. so oversaturated in media right now. And that, like, I don't think, I, I think it would be really hard for anything Chrono Trigger related to take a foothold, just because a lot of the stuff that was cool about it is just oversaturated yeah, and in media right now. Whereas Earthbound is so, was very quirky in a way that's, like, you you can't, you can't do Earthbound by accident. Yeah, and, like, there's also a lot of stuff where if you were to try to make um, something, you know, quote, inspired by Chrono Trigger, you would just basically be making, uh, you know, a JRPG. And you would probably be making it in 3D now. Um, whereas mm-hmm. part of the, like, uh, genre of Earthbound games uh, is that they're in 2D with a specific art style that, like, looks vaguely similar, um, you know, from the realm of, like, uh, you know, off um to uh eastward where like there's a lot of range but it's still recognizably kind of like inspired by uh Mm -hmm. yeah and also like uh like contemporary settings yeah rpgs in contemporary settings is is another thing that kind of like you can get from earthbound that's not really undertale or delta rune as much rpgs Um, that have wiggly backgrounds in the battle screen (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh okay. Tell us about the Wii U or we uh yeah. Uh so yeah, before I just bought Twilight Princess HD because I just didn't have it physically and to get it physically it was like 90 bucks. I'm like, "No, I'll pay 50 for it digitally. I already have Wind Waker HD 
digitally. I don't want to get, I don't want to get that physically either because I already have Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, like originals, just physically. So if I, do I really want to support just much money on the remakes? Not really. But on 3DS, I also just bought a bunch of other Game Boy games that were like too expensive for me right now. Like I got like Mario Golf on Game Boy Color, which apparently is amazing that I've never played. And then I also got like um, Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Crystal. Because like I never played a Pokemon game and they're all like at least 50 bucks loose. And that's being generous. <laughs> so I'm, Wait, you've never played a single Pokemon game? <laughs> I played a bit of Fire Red and Pokemon Go. That's it. <laughs> Pokemon Go, my first Pokemon game. <laughs> I, I, mean, I played true. Fire Red first. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna lie. Have you started playing the those, or have you just downloaded them? I just downloaded them. So, what have you played from your your collection so far? Um, there's um a, like um, a mystery game on 3ds. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, but it's like, it's one of those, um, like, it's a visual novel game where it's just, where you're just going around solving I, mysteries and I, stuff. I know that you, what it means is that it's like a detective, like, you search for things. It's like, you said there's a mystery game, but it's like, what, you don't, you don't get to know what the game is until you buy it? Like, <laughs> it's a gotcha fun game. Where you, you don't know what game you're gonna get when you spend money. What on if it, it has like a flat well, price? <laughs> it, it, it's like uh, what is it? Uh, you got like literally gotcha game, but instead of cut out the mailman, it's not. You, you get the it, game. Not, you don't play gotcha in the game. The getting the game is the gotcha. Somebody, quick, somebody patent that idea. I was gonna say so that, that would probably no one be can really successful, especially if it's like a so flat, that no flat one price. can do it. It's like <laughs> no one is allowed to do it because I came up with it. Copyright spend... Joseph Martin, yeah, Martin Joseph Limited. <laughs> uh, spend fifteen dollars on this, and you could possibly get a chance of buying a sixty dollars game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did, I bought those. Um, I bought some. I bought the Warriorland games on game on Game Boy because uh, they're like five bucks a piece and to get them like uh physically they're like 15 bucks so it's like i'd save some money there because they were on my wish list for a while i played a little bit of wario land one it was pretty fun oh i just bought uh wild gunman and duck hunt uh nes games on the wii on the wii u because that's like the only way you can play it with an accessory that's somewhat gun like because like now you can finally understand the references of the character in super smash brothers <laughs> and back to the future <laughs> it's like a baby's toy <laughs> yeah no i thought it was fun because playing the, um i'm glad i got those because normally i just emulate nes games but uh, i'm glad i got those because playing those games with just a computer mouse is not the same as playing it with an actual gun mm-hmm. and then you gotta buy a new tv afterwards because <laughs> like oh no i used a real gun <laughs> this joke is dumb. Please, I don't know if we're going to be able to monetize this episode. I was, guys. I was, I was going to say we've talked about the joke was dumb enough. Just drugs. cut it. Yeah, <laughs> the was, joke was dumb enough. Just cut it. I already talked about a dude getting kicked in the left ventricle. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ventricle. <laughs> Not the left one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
That's my least. That's my least favorite kind that's of ventricle my... to get kicked in. <laughs> that's my favorite ventricle. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um. Oh, and they um Capcom just put a bunch of their stuff on the on those stores for sale because I so I just got. I think a Resident Evil Revelations is like $5 on Wii U and $2 on, for the 3DS version. Uh, I need to check on Legacy Collections again. Mm-hmm. Um, DuckTales Remastered is on sale on Wii U if you want to get that. If and by, if I say, if you want to get that and also happen to have a Wii U or haven't thrown it away at this point. John, you know, <laughs> I, I only care about Mega Man, right? You're out here buying all these games that you've never played while well, I'm just sitting here waiting for them to give me another way to buy the same Mega Man games I own like five times over. <laughs> well, Joseph Martin, you are in luck because Mega Man Legacy Collection on the 3DS eShop is now going on sale for a whopping $3. Jeez. <laughs> I shouldn't. I literally have Mega Man games on my 3DS. Oh yeah, they sold them individually too. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is well, back so then they weird. Didn't, there was no such thing as a legacy collection. Oh, that's right. It was before. Why did they release it on 3DS and not like the consoles at the uh, Weird. Ah, <sighs> uh, I already own the games on 3D. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. No, no, no. I, got, <laughs> do I just got to buy. <laughs> don't do I'm it. I'm only allowed to buy the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 because it has. Mega Man 9 and 10 on it, which I don't own multiple times over. Multiple times, but you own them once. I own I own Mega Man 10 on the Wii U eShop, I think. Or maybe just the Wii eShop. But if it's the Wii eShop, I don't actually own it anymore, because I, I, the Wii died. The Wii um, eShop. So Why didn't they just call actually, it the... Oh, wait, they did. Never mind. <laughs> I don't actually have a way to play Mega Man 9 and 10 right now. So I that would that would actually be I mean I would be getting seven and I, I own hmm. I got physically on PS4 so haha yeah I could play Matt I could play more Mega Man eight. games than Joe everybody I think seven no I've got John John, <laughs> John. do you have all the Legacy collections Um I don't have Z <laughs> the Z and ZX games no. Mm. But I have the rest mm, of them. Shame. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I need I need the Legacy Collection 2, and I need the X Legacy Collection 2, which I've just sort of held out on, because I've heard that the games aren't actually very good, but I need to play them eventually. Um, Zero ZX is, is, I mean, Zero is, there are good games in Zero and ZX. Uh, it's a little rough. I would really only recommend it if you are already invested in Mega Man and, like, understanding the development of Mega Man over time. Mm. Particularly how, like, maybe... Especially if we get more Mega Man games eventually, after Mega Man 11, um, how, like, the ideas from Zero and ZX sort of fed into Mega Man 11 as sort of like a through line. Did 11 and sell, also, I though? guess if you're... Yeah, yeah, 11 is, like, the second best selling Mega Man game of all time. Okay, okay. Really? No, no, dumb It's not kind of a dumb question, but I don't know because I literally see it at GameStop for like used, for uh, like physical copies used for like dirt cheap prices. I was like, did this game sell well? I'm not sure. No, yeah, well, it, it, I mean like it's... I think the thing it, is, is it's if it the, sold a whole lot, yeah. then it's very common, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But there, it also has like physical copies of Shenmue Three for sale for like two dollars, brand new. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. Yeah, it's like, like there's a whole bunch in there. So like, <laughs> and 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 like I think our 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 ideas of that are kind of skewed because like Nintendo has sort of hit this idea of games never get cheaper. Like even if they're they're willing, even if they lose money. Even if they sell fewer games because they don't let them get cheaper over time, like there's this idea that Nintendo games are evergreen, that they are yeah. that they are working on creating a brand image for, right? Like it's in their like presentations to to shareholders that get posted. That and um, and that mentality goes into the secondhand market too, because Mario Party Six, well, that it's not a rare game in the slightest. You can go on eBay and find like. 2000 results of people trying to sell their copies of Mario Party 6. All of them. Oh yeah, no. It's like all for them are like the price of a brand new video game. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> this game yeah, isn't they, they rare. They basically they basically yeah, like Mario Party 6 and 7 are you basically if you sold them now, I think you would get factoring in inflation basically as much as you you bought them for. Mm-hmm. Um Pokemon games too, super common, right? Yeah. But like, I don't understand. I do not understand. Check the couch cushions. I'm the, sure you'll find a copy. The <laughs> video game speculation market, even a little bit. I think that, but I think that's it. It's, it used to be collection, and now it's speculation. Yeah, I think as part of it, because like, there's so many, po- there's so much fire red, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, supply but, and demand does not factor into these for some reason. Right, right. It, it's, and it, it's like, like we, we've seen, there was, I think there was a brief period where it's like Game Freak is never, Game Freak and Nintendo and the Pokemon company are never going to let Pokemon games come out, like be re-released in any form. Like there was a period where we were kind of like, that's, this seems to be a, a hill that they're going to die on. But then no, they put, uh, they put them on the 3DS eShop so you can get uh, yellow and crystal like John did. Like if they and now do that's that, closing down. <laughs> right. But that, that means that, that eventually you will be able to play uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, Fire, Red, and Leaf Green going to exist eventually. Like there's, there's no question in my mind about that. As soon as, as soon as we start getting Game Boy Advance stuff, it'll probably be like well into it. But, I mean, there's already been, I think it's leaks or rumors or I don't know what, yeah. or like source code that was leaked for adding GBA to uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, I, I would say that that doesn't necessarily mean that they were going to do it, just that they were ready to do it if, if they decided if to. If they're going to do it any time, they're probably going to wait until the 3S shop closes next year, which is still yeah. abnormally late into the Switch's life cycle. But... They added the Pokemon games extraordinary and Super Nintendo games extraordinarily late to the 3DS eShop, so they can do whatever they want. <laughs> Just so, but yeah, like Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald and Fire Red and Leaf Green will, will probably come back. Maybe I don't know. It's it just it. I just don't understand it. Like I don't I, I I look at it just because I'm interested, and I also like I don't know. Maybe one day I'll have to sell all of my video games. Because I have an emergency or something. I hope that's not the case, but it's good to know where I stand, I guess, at least. But then there's certain, th- like, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness is worth so much money. 
Not it's not Earthbound. It's like a glorified. It's like, it's like a glorified Pokemon Coliseum, isn't it? For the most part. Yeah, it's just a sequel to Pokemon Coliseum, but it's worth. It's like worth more than a GameCube <laughs> to play it on. It's worth more than the special edition I mean, Pokemon XD GameCube. <laughs> it's but like like it's like about the same. Like what is what? Okay, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness is what like ten years old or something at this point, probably. Roughly on the order. I mean, so did what? it come out How in much? 2012? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. Okay, that's fair. Uh, 20 years old then? Yeah, probably. 2002. That sounds Nin- more right. Yeah, 18, sorry. 19 years. Yeah. So how how much did Chrono Trigger <laughs> cost in what 2010? <laughs> right, when did Chrono Trigger come out? 1995. Okay, so so I'm guessing uh, that retail for like 70 bucks at that time. 20 yeah. 2015. How much was Chrono Trigger worth? Uh, chickenpricecharting.com right now. Oh my god, even the DS version is worth a lot. I have that loose. <laughs> um, 2015. Lo- a loose copy of Chrono Trigger was worth around 90 to 100 dollars. <laughs> what about in box? In the box. Hello. Um, around uh, $230. Okay. Well, I, I, mm, I guess also, though, like, in-box for SNES games is usually more expensive because people rarely kept the boxes around. Yeah, because they were just, like, away. huge. <laughs> right? And you could, you, could, you could store the games outside of the cart. Like, with discs, like, it's, it's a lot more rare to, like, not have the boxes for disc-based games, I think. Obviously, there's still people who would, like, put them in, like, the little, you know, f- file things to save space. But, like, when there's just a place to put your disc, I, it, you, and it doesn't take up nearly as much space, and it sort of, like, looks like, you know, DVDs were at the time. You just... I, I never felt compelled to throw away any of the cases. Like, I probably would have for some of the... Oh yeah, because they're for like they're plastic cases. That's why. Yeah. It's like, so, because I think I think XD Gales of Darkness goes for like between a hundred and two hundred dollars now. Hang on, a second. but like XD Gale of Darkness is no has nowhere near the same cultural impact as Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Gale of Darkness goes for about a hundred and seventy right now in the box and with yeah. manual. Which is I, which I think is more comparable to the state that you would expect to find a like you would expect Chrono Trigger to be loose. And the limited edition, <laughs> the limited edition GameCube goes for uh, Pokemon XD GameCube goes for one hundred fifty dollars <laughs> complete. It's less than the game, <laughs> and I have that too. Then <laughs> maybe they might they might be worth more as a set. Um. But it's like, it, that's wild. Like, I don't understand that. There's no way. There's no way that the video game Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness is worth more than the GameCube that was also branded with it. <laughs> because how many people had to replace their GameCube because their father left it on football all night because he didn't <laughs> understand that turning off the TV does not turn off the GameCube. 
so the GameCube broke, so that the parents felt guilty, and when they got you a new game as an apology, they also got the special edition <laughs> GameCube that came with it because you needed a new GameCube. Anyway, how many people did that happen to? That's a very specific uh, story. At least one, from exactly. what I can tell right now. <laughs> exactly. It's a very specific story. So why is the GameCube less expensive than the game? It doesn't make any sense. Hey. I think. Hey, uh, guys, I'm going to go out on the limb here. Hey, just uh, that that uh, one mistake your parents made could pay for your mortgage one day. John, it's $100. <laughs> Calm down. I said one day, which means not now. <laughs> um. But I, I just don't, I just don't understand. I, I, I think it's, you know, speculation is getting wrapped up in, your speculators are arguing with collectors, basically. It's, I think, where we are now. Prices don't mean anything. Yeah. The economy's a sham. Nothing's real. Yep. I've been playing chess. How's that going? Is but it... on the computer. Oh, so okay. I was going to ask a video game you've been playing in recent times. Yeah, any updates yeah. recently? A new version? Of chess? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they come out with new versions of chess all the time. I saw a YouTube video of chess with uh, Advance Wars uh, for the Game Boy Advance fog of style Fog of War, <laughs> where you can't see your opponent's pieces. unless wow. uh, You have a piece that's near it. You can't see your opponent's pieces... Unless they are uh, able to be like, like the vision that the pieces have yeah. is uh, like their capture range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you can only see your opponent's pieces if they, if you can capture them. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I think all like the, another rule was another rule like pawns can also see the space directly in front of them, and. Uh, I didn't actually I I start I didn't actually watch I started the video and then I had to get ready for the podcast. Anyway, but like and there's there's a chess variant where uh it randomly selects it r- basically mixes up the back row, but it's the same mix up for both sides. Right. So the pieces are in a different in different spots. Yeah. Um so you have to like improvise more. You can't just use all of the same standard openings. Um There's ones where, uh, there's, they make new pieces. So there's, uh, instead of the queen, it's like the, it's like the Amazon or the Amazonian, Mm -hmm. which is like a queen plus a knight. Yeah. So it can do all of the piece movements. Have you ever played Shogi? I have actually. Yeah. With all of their. Um, Where you can promote and it has like, you get to the other, and then like, what is it? You. When you capture a piece, you get to put it wherever you want. Yeah, there's a whole thing about like trading like captured pieces and stuff. Um, yeah, and, like yeah, upgrading things. That like it's not just oh you get to become uh, the queen or whatever. It's like uh, your lancer becomes the gold lancer or something. Yeah, I think I played it a, like a browser version of it just to see what it was all about. But yeah, I've been playing it on the computer. Partially because I got so frustrated with Pokemon Showdown and all the luck involved in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was playing random battles where you get a random team, which might not be good at all. Yeah. Um. But even still, it was it was it was too much. It was too much luck. So, and also people at work, some people at work play chess, and I'm like just terrified that they're going to ask me to play mm-hmm. chess with them, <laughs> and I'm going to be terrible at it. So now I need to be okay at chess so I don't embarrass myself. Create that difficulty up to twelve. No, um, I'm for anyone who 
knows slash cares, uh, my current rating on chess.com is, I think, like 875. But I also haven't lost a chess game against a real human person yet. <laughs> but also, I mostly just play against the computer because I get anxiety playing against <laughs> a real human person. Yeah. I have played a good number of games, though. But not a lot. Not a whole lot. Definitely a lot more computer games than ones that actually affect my rank. Have we? Has I feel like we've kind of covered some of the games that we've been playing in recent times. Does anybody have anything that they want to add? I haven't been on the podcast at all, so I've been playing a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, one fun thing to talk about. I've been playing uh, the new Lego Star Wars. If anyone's interested in that, or has oh any yeah, for I have. I've seen that. What is what is it? What's the, like the the quick rundown of it? Uh, it's all nine movies. Um, it's it's very mm-hmm. fun, but I would recommend. <sighs> It's hard. I would recommend playing it single player just so you could see more of the screen because playing it co-op is just a default split screen and the camera is so close up to your character that you can barely tell what's going on or where anything is. And so mm. it, so like any boss fights in split screen just boil down to button mashing. But uh you know, the jokes are fun. Does it's it... very fast paced and uh yeah, no, it's just a fun game. And it's like different levels for the the movies that have already had games, right? Yeah, it's all completely redesigned, like a brand new engine, like a whole. It's a completely different design for a new for a Lego game. Like, uh, but the, the, the last the, one, they, and the levels are different too. They're not just like remastered. They're no, like just different levels. No, it's like it's a it's pretty much just a remake of the la- okay. of the last like. Of Lego Star Wars 1, 2, and then Lego Star Wars Force Awakens. It's basically a remake of those ones. Like, from the ground up. Like, remake. Like, in the vein of, like, the Resident Evil 2 remake. It's just a completely different game. But, yeah, it's fun. Is it fun? Yeah, it's very fun. uh, Okay, your answer. (laughs) Asked and answered. Is this playing a single player is also frustrating, too, because the AI, like, for your partner is non-existent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's like you're you're doing like the Darth Maul boss fight as like and like Obi Wan's just standing in the corner not doing anything. It's like a little help here, buddy. <laughs> Getting my butt kicked. He's <laughs> like not even like deflecting any like lasers that are going at him. It's so weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. I've also when Elden Ring came out, I also started playing Dark Souls One just to see like what the the uh, genre is about. I played it for four hours um, and got killed an embarrassingly amount of times, and I haven't picked it up since. <laughs> that is uh, a very common uh, loop. I think uh, that I think if you want to follow the common path, uh, you come back to it a couple months yeah. and discover why it's good. Yeah, no, I, I've I've done that too. With um, I did that also with Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Because I got I got a game over in like a really embarrassing way, so I, out of embarrassment, I just didn't play the game for another few months. <laughs> but then I went back to it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember why I like this game. But yeah, that's that. Jetty, anything else? Um, I haven't been playing a whole lot of games. Uh, I think I was saying earlier that uh, my most game playing uh, recently has been the various Wordle uh, spinoffs. Um, <laughs> so you know, spin-offs. Wordle. Um, Nerdle, uh, Hurdle. Si- okay, you have to you have to give like a brief summary of each of these. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not clear from the title. Yeah, so you know, Wordle, uh, you have to guess the word. Um, Worldle, uh, you get a picture of the like the silhouette of a country. Um, 
and then you type in like a country name and it'll tell you how close you are physically. So like it'll give you that it's like, you know, 8,000 kilometers away. Um, And then uh, I've gotten pretty good at it. I mean, uh, I, I have a vague knowledge of, you know, geography. Um, so it's like, okay, well, if it's not on this continent and it's that far away, it has to be on that continent. What is vaguely shaped like this on that continent? <laughs> um, the ones that I hate are when it's just islands. And then it's like, well, I don't know what this specific island could be out of, you know, the thousands of islands that are out there. But um, that one's a, a classic. Nerdle, which is um, math. So you have like, uh, it's like eight or nine characters or something, and you're supposed to put numbers or, uh, you know, plus, minus, uh, multiply, divide, <laughs> um, or equals. Um, that's a good one. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah, hurdle, which um, they give you like one second of audio and you're supposed to guess it. And then uh, if you don't get it, then it adds another second of audio, then another second of audio. Um there's also a uh, semantle, which I think I'm going to give up on because uh, there's unlimited guesses and it's just guess the word, any, <laughs> any word. <laughs> and it'll tell you like as a percentage, how close in meaning it is. And um, <laughs> yeah, hold on. Actually, let, let me, let me go to. Uh, Are we about to play semantle live? right here no um so the thing is is that yesterday's word i got like uh analyze i got observe and these are like within the top 10 like closest meanings and so like understand analyze observe um i'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were but it was like you know inspect or whatever uh and like i keep going and like i'm getting kind of mixed signals when you get lower in the list uh but like what do you, I don't know, what do you think is something that's similar to the word analyze? Investigate. Right? Something like that. John, anything? Study. Study. The, the word was uh, gather. Got, uh, what? Yeah, and so uh, I'm like, yeah, I no, guess. I'm done. Yeah. Not playing that anymore. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the kind of game where, like, you can spend hours just typing in words, and then, like, it turns out that, like, oh, what was it you, you put in, you know, pull? Well, the word was pulled. You know, and it's like, uh, kidding me? So, yeah, I think I'm done with Samantle. Um, it was fun in concept uh, when I tried it, but there's there's too much, like, it's not technically that the meaning of the word itself has to be similar. It's that they are found, like, in the same places in newspaper articles. So, uh, they had one a few days ago where uh, I was getting words like, cart and wagon and like uh dirt and uh you know farm and stuff and then like the word was horse Mm. and it's like i mean yeah they would be found together in a newspaper article but like that's not a good way to like try to guess and that's why again if you're analyzing stuff you are gathering information about it right like and mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah I get there, there, there's a point where you're going to spend hours just trying to guess like what it is. And uh, yeah, kind of done with that one. But I do have fun every day with Wordle, Hurdle, Nerdle, uh, Squirtle, Turtle. There's also uh, Quirtle, which is the oh, yeah. you do four at a time. 
Yeah, I tried that one. Um, I've also seen Anti-Wordle. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I do know that there's like all of the uh, the Hurdle spinoffs where it's like Sonic Hurdle is one that's popular <laughs> right now that's explicitly Sonic OST Hurdle. Yes, that, that's about as much gaming as you get from me. I've been reading. I've been playing the book Dune. <laughs> Choose your <Yeah>. adventure. <laughs> Out of the one option. But the only yeah. choice is to start reading the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, How about no. you, Joe? I play chess, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it for the podcast, I... ladies and gentlemen. That is it for the podcast. You're, you sound like you're making a joke, but that is the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cola podcast. If you like what you heard, please check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, um, where you can find... Uh, other podcasts and articles like Jetty's review that he mentioned earlier. Yeah, I reviewed both Dune and Dune 2. Also, uh, for podcasts, mm-hmm. we just had the 10th anniversary Paul and Jetty cast, Jetters only. Yeah. So make sure you, uh, if you missed that, uh, to check it out in the podcast feed, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify. You can also find uh, podcast episodes there's, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, there's a, sp- yeah, the a, special, 20th- a special edition of the uh, 20th anniversary Jetters Only uh, Paul and Jetty show uh, that has supplemental information. So you get images of uh, some of the stuff that we talk about. And there's also the live chat from the premiere. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you can check us out. Find us on gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Um, also check us out on Discord where we hang out and have a good time. Uh, you can find the link to the Discord in the article description, in the uh, description of the YouTube videos, on our Twitter, uh, on the social media page, on Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. Well, there's Facebook and Twitter, which are social media pages. But I was thinking of Twitter description and the social media point on the Game Call website. Uh, come join us on Discord. It is a lot of fun to have people hanging out and talking. Um, anything else to add? No. That sounds no. like a no. Think we good? Thank you once again for listening. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast, and we will see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.